Double Stack F1 Podcast. Honorat Zahn, and I am with Sha today. Sha, how are you doing, brother? Been good. How are you? I'm cold, like cold tires on a Vegas track. Hurting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> no fun attended, but yeah, I'm bloody cold today. Just got frostier today, and I think it's going to get colder here in New York. Tomorrow is possibly raining, and then it just goes downhill from there for the rest of the week and through Thanksgiving, so. Yeah. Good but thing hey. we're into our uh, last weekend of the race. Exactly. Yeah. And I got to enjoy a little bit of the sun down in Vegas. Uh, I was there for a couple of days. Uh, yeah. Loved the energy. Um, and uh, it was a great race overall, I think. Um, it uh, A lot of people weren't, ex weren't yeah. excited about the venue. It was very dramatic throughout the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah. it, uh, it, it delivered uh, at, by the checkered flag. It was, it was a great race, right? That was kind of my, how I, I would sum this these last couple of weeks leading up and through the race. How about you? Yeah, pretty much. But uh, before we go in, why don't you tell us about your experience at oh. Vegas? You went into the track. It was a last minute uh, mm -hmm. plan. And then you just went in, flew by, went to the track. Give us give us an insight on uh, of your experience yeah. with Vegas. Like, like with everything I do in my life, uh, they're always spontaneous decisions. Never, never a perfect plan, I, I think. I just go with the flow. If something seems like it could work on paper, I, I just send it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. If the, if the move is there and I see it, I'll just take it. Full so basically, <laughs> yeah, I think to some extent, I'm like Max there. Or if there's a if there's an overtake to be made, I'll tr I'll send it in and figure it out later. Um, but yeah, it's so like famous uh, Senna quote: "You see a gap, you go for it." That's that's what you are. You're like I I see a plan. <laughs> I go for it kind of thing. Uh, yeah, All right. I yeah. see your vision. I go for it. I just send it. So, um, I was, I was, uh, I was, I kept monitoring like the ticket prices and, uh, in the last week or so they, they just stumbled, right? Hotels were stumbling, race day tickets, like weekend daily tickets were falling apart. So I just like pulled the trigger first on quality. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for quality just like that. And then. Some of my friends were like, oh, we have this event. We're going to meet with Total Wolf on on Thursday. Are you, or Friday? That was Friday. Yeah. Are you interested in in, in in joining us at this event? We'll put you on the list. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I go back and change my flight because I had points. So I just used points for my flight. And then, uh, yeah, bought tickets for, for the infamous Thursday night sessions. Um, and then, um, yeah, flew down first thing in the morning on Thursday on, and then uh, straight to the track. No, not straight to the track. Went to this Williams event, met with James Files for a little bit. That was cool. Uh, chatted with him for a little bit. Talked about, uh, we spoke about the, the bronze story. He gave me some pretty in interesting insight. The fact that they use three wind tunnels to build that car and that they knew ahead of time that it was going to be a monster. And then on the back end of that FIA and just prohibits that now. You probably can only use one wind tunnel to, to yeah. build your car. Um, but yeah, they knew they had a, 
a beast under under in the before they they went on track. So good for them on that. He doesn't see that happening for Williams um, in terms of being lucky or building a car for twenty six. That's going to be like championship winning. But he's optimistic that longer term everything would just everything they'll become a very competitive team. So that's good to hear. Uh, I had some pretty positive comments about uh, Sargent and what he's been doing so far. So that that one, uh, that, that that was good to hear. But uh, yeah, overall was great. Spent some time there. Went to the track on Thursday, obviously. Had some a juicy eight second of, uh, of FP1. Um, and something, something popped. <laughs> after, after eight minutes, usually, usually that's the time for when st- stuff stop pop, starts popping, right? Eight minutes in, nine minutes in, you know, game over, right? That's for me most of the time. But anyways, I deviate from the subject. Um, <laughs> so something destroyed Carlos Sainz, uh, a car, um, okay. took him out and, uh, you, Twisted mind boy. Uh, what are you thinking about? Anyways, I digress. So Carlos was out. Uh, we expected that session to be just like a simple, like, yellow flag. Nobody knew at the track what was happening, but eventually it was a red flag. And then we look at this, the timer, and the timer goes to zero all of a sudden. The, the timer goes to zero, and then we're like, oh, why is the time at zero? You know, we just did eight minute. Why are they bringing it back to zero? And then next thing you know, it's like, yeah, canceled for the session, and uh, we'll we'll come back for FP two. All right, no problem. We start like chilling around the track. You know, free food, free drinks. Drivers on the podium. Jack Dewan was on the podium. If it was on the main stage at some point, chatted a little bit. Got to hear from Jack. Uh, uh Mick Dewan. It's Mick Dewan, right? Jack is the dad. Yep. That's a Moto Moto GP champ. Uh. Uh, 500 cc champ. How many times? Three or five times, champ. Um, you make yeah, mix that, mix that. Yeah. So, Mick was on the podium. Um, was talking about you know, kind of what how his team is preparing and how he's getting ready for. Uh, um, but was it Bahrain? No. What do we have next week? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, yep. he's getting ready to be to test the car in FP1 and then. Do the driver, the new drivers training after the after the at the end of the season. So, yeah, that was good. We then we went to like the Amex Lounge, hung out at the Amex Amex Lounge. Was hoping to watch the FP two from there, but two thirty two two a.m. hit and we we got kicked out basically from the track and whereas we were sent out. So we had to I had to scramble to make my way home, find the Uber spot and blah blah blah. Got home, turned on FP. FP two, they were like 10, 10 minutes in. I was like, let me lay in bed and and watch this thing. Terrible idea, my friend. I think <laughs> I, pa- <laughs> I passed out. Uh, and I uh, had to wake up the next morning to watch the session. So I was a little bit upset on how they, Formula One kind of managed that situation. Uh, communication was weak, really. Nobody knew what was going on. I had to go on Twitter to figure out what was happening. Then there's a, th- a bunch of CYA emails or notification that came from the track, which I totally understand, right? Like, you don't want to take liability. Otherwise, the insurance isn't going to pay anybody back or anything. So, um, yeah, they, they, it's it's business at the end of the day. Um, Carlos Sainz took a penalty eventually from that, which 
some it's it's not fair um but the rules are the rules really if if it happened to anybody else it, nobody's going to be there's no pity in competition right like if your opponent is down like there's no way and nobody even got the got a word to say in that really the the teams didn't have a word to say in that there's no part in the rule where a team is allowed teams are allowed to to vote there wasn't a vote there wasn't a vote on should we give him or not give him a penalty i think there's there's been this discussion about toto saying something which is absolutely no, no. i think doesn't uh, work what, like what that. usually is uh, yeah it doesn't work like that so external teams should never be involved in terms no. of a penalty because mm -hmm. that's where a massive uh, bias comes into yeah. picture yeah. but uh, this is again a, a case where uh, if you go straight by the rule book sometimes it's not justifiable mm -hmm. and uh, when you do re read to what the FI has said and what Ferrari's uh, petition was saying that you know what can you excuse us or can you do a force majeure for one of these rules so that we could not take any cost penalty and any grid penalty because it wasn't our fault kind of thing. So this is where it's slightly important for all the fans to know that, yes, rulebook is being followed. At the same time, stewarding should also play a major role in terms of how the rules are enforced and how the rules go on. So if they give the flexibility to the students saying that, you know what, this is the rules that we have and these are some guidelines that you could follow. And when you make your rule, you could go by these guidelines. So if they have that option saying that, you know what, you could go by these guidelines and you're conscious saying that you could make this decision, then maybe they would have had the opportunity to uh, give them some sort of compensation, not 100%, but maybe let's say, you know what, 50%. Uh, will waive out, waive your uh, grid penalty, or will say, you know what, you start, you start, you get a five place instead of a ten place, half penalty kind of thing. So I think FIA will probably look into the rule book and see if they could uh, add they could something add into stuff. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because but, nothing uh, is set in stone for rules. It's always uh, improvement and improvement and improvement. They want to make better rules for how the sporting goes on and how the sport on track is or how the racing is on track. So yeah, it's something that FIA can look into. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, that was, that was that. And then, um, it seems like now Ferrari suing Formula One, uh, for damage. Um, is it so? I didn't know about that. They, oh. They're talking, they're talking about breach of cost cap, uh, that it's gonna, it's a few million dollars worth of damage and, that they want to be reimbursed at least for that. I, I believe the first time something like this happened, I think, I don't know if Williams, it wasn't Williams, it was like Alfa Romeo or somebody sued uh, that was, the uh... organizer. Was it Silverstone or something? I don't remember exactly which race it was, but they were sued for damages on, and in one in, in one of these instances where they, there was a sewer uh, damage like that to a car. Um, but... Yeah, so I heard, I, I read about this somewhere that there's precedents about from teams suing um, the organizers, and just this time the organizer happens to be Formula One. So we'll see how it goes. There's also another lawsuit that some weird company, some weird lawyer in America has out there to kind of get money for what happened in FP1. I, I don't know. That we'll see how it yeah, goes. I mean, that, that, that's off topic. Yeah. So, uh, what I would say in terms of uh, previous Formula One teams suing 
the organizer. I don't think they sued them in a legal, legal way, but more or less requested them for compensation based on the damage. So it did happen in Baku for Williams. They did get compensated for that. Uh, and, were, uh, in the I don't past, think Williams sued. Williams sued, but I believe somebody else had sued in the past. I have to confirm that, but I, I read somewhere today that somebody had sued. I don't remember the team exactly, but somebody did sue uh -huh. a promoter uh, for a similar situation. So there's definitely it. There's precedent out there. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I think they should be able to get reimbursed by the insurance. I would expect, I would hope they are. No, no. What would happen was this, this, there was a similar instance like this in the past when the cost cap came in. Uh, just when the cost cap came in, we also started having the sprint races. And then that's when teams, uh, all of them together, came to the FIA saying that, you know what? Cost cap happens, yes. When you add extra sprint races, it adds a little bit of risk. And uh, if we do have any crashes during these sprint races, we will be a definite for sure to go over the cost cap. So when they put that out for FIA, FIA with the teams, they came up, increased the cost cap, and then also said for sprint races, you can accommodate this much a percentage of your cost, or you could have this pool of money, just so that uh, you could uh, you could probably balance out your money if you do crash in there and stuff like that. So that something similar to that will happen because it's not just Ferrari's thing. Right now, it happened to Ferrari, but it could have happened to any team. So what I would think is every team is now aware of uh, this that it has happened, so I think they'll all come together. Make a similar petition to FIA saying that if anything like this uh, damages to the car happens through the track, mm -hmm. uh, deformations or stuff like that, they will probably input in an extra pool of cost cap or probably say, you know what, at the end of the season when we're distributing prizes, that's when we will probably say that, you know what, your car had a scratch on this one, so we will probably compensate 50% of it at the end of the season during the price distribution. Something like that on those lines, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's something new, and it's it's good that uh, teams are coming together to uh, make, make a stand and probably break that out for FIA to look into and quickly act on it before we have another one pretty soon. Yeah. Other than that, uh, Friday went well. Um, you know, quality was okay. Nothing happened really. Um, and then Sunday was was a fantastic race that we could probably go into and talk through the grid if you're ready. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, Any, anything you want to add for quality though before I, I move to the race? Oh no, I mean, uh, it's a great debrief on uh, your experience in Vegas. For Thursday, Friday, that was good. I, uh, it sounds like you had a great time meeting all these, meeting uh, James yeah. Ball, Toto Wolf. So that's good. Uh, before we get started, this is for our viewers. So take your time, or, or for our listeners, if you do have time after this Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, tune into Hulu streaming service, the Braun GP documentary is out it is it is actually a really good informative documentary of how formula one works right now and how it worked in the past you could all go it's it's i think five episodes each one is an hour long take your time watch it all new fans and old fans there is very much 
data and details in there, which not everybody had access to back then and still now. So that's really good. Go watch it. It's on Hulu and it will stay on Hulu for a while before Disney and Hulu merge. But yeah, that's that's uh, something else. So you have to take time to go watch the Braun GP documentary on Hulu. That's a shout out from my end. And we're all set to start. All right, so uh, let's start with uh, the men of the hour. Uh, Max Verstappen won the race. Uh, what do you have to say about what was your take on his race this weekend? He had a pretty uh, decent race, I would say. Starting off, uh, I mean, I don't think he was very much, or him or his team were very much eager to stay, uh, get E1 and all the free practice sessions or... Uh, so it's more like they didn't try hard enough for Q1, Q2, Q3. That's what I slightly felt because it wasn't that exciting. But they had conference in their car setup. They had conference uh, stating that they had good race pace. So they, were push they weren't They were taking too many risks during qualifying, playing it safe. And they knew how the tire wear would be. And he had a good, that all those three sessions would get coming to the race. Yeah, turn one incident with Charles Leclerc at the race start. That's a tricky uh, one to judge. Given, I mean, if if you if you put it in a normal track and he makes it go, you get it's a straight up uh, penalty, saying that he has to give the back place back or five second. But given how this is Vegas track and it was cold temperatures, and you you take a look what happened behind him a few seconds after. All most of the cars spinning and everybody were trying to steer, but they just had massive understeer, no grip, and they were just going straight into straight instead of turning into the corner. So given those two, I would say it's 50-50. Not sure if Max did it deliberately or if it was something that he did, but we did hear after the interviews, both of them, Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, stating that they barely had any grip at the time of the restart and they had to uh, that, that's the uh, outcome of the incident. Five-second penalty, yes. At first, we all thought he was going to pull away after the, he was given the five-second penalty, but I think his tire wear kicked in a little early. Uh, in, he was forced to pit, got his new tires. The second safety car helped him a lot. Uh, I think originally he might have been on a one-stop uh, and tried to go uh, long on those hard tires, but the second safety car played right into his his advantage, made him pit uh, just 10 laps after he switched to hard tires, back again to new hards. And uh, yeah, it was a breeze from there on. He had some damage when he was making a move with George Russell, lost his hand plate, but I think that, that, that turned out to be very less of a significance kind of thing. He didn't lose much of any... I mean, he might have lost a few... Uh, down four spines on the front wing, but he still had his pace, and he was probably going through the field and finally took P one. But it was yeah. it was good battles between him and Charles Leclerc. I think this was one of those victories this season where you could tell that he had to work for it. Uh, of all the twenty two races we have had so far, and of all the twenty victories he has had this season. I would say this was one where he had to work for it. It wasn't straight up saying that this is a definite, for sure, Max Verstappen slam dunk win kind of thing. 
So that was nice for us to see. It kind of reminded an early 2022 stage where Max and Leclerc were fighting together for the race win and lead. Yeah, that's my take on uh, Max. Cool, yeah. Good good race. Uh, maybe one other thing i add is uh, how excited he was and excited to come back to Vegas next year. And uh, Chanton Viva Las Vegas was cool to see from the guy dressed in Elvis uniform. So good job from him. Congratulations. Another win. Another belt. Uh, you touched on Leclerc a little bit. Um, I think he he looked great the entirety of the race from my perspective. He should have been the winner. Uh, he walked away with uh, driver of the day. Um, and uh, he had a one-stopper. Did 21 laps on mediums and then switched over to hard for 29 laps. Uh, got caught out. Uh, with the second safety car, but uh, ultimately had enough frontline pace, uh, straight line pace to kind of get the last lap, uh, move on Checo Paris uh, to to get P2 a little consolidation there, but uh, consolation price there. But uh, overall, fantastic job by Leclerc and and and, and the Ferraris this weekend. Yeah, it was actually uh, surprising to see Ferrari keep up their positions, their grid position on where they started. Because come race day, they usually do tumble down the order based on the tire wear. But it was good to see that the colder temperatures, everybody, no, there was there was barely any tire conservation because everybody was trying to get temperatures into the tires. So they had to probably go and uh, not flat out per se, but they had to go in at max speeds and at max uh, max input so that they could have temperatures in their tires and shock them to through higher temperatures just so that the graining goes away on the tires because if it, if the graining stays on for too long they would lose grip and it's just more or less uh, just skating on on those cold track so Leclerc brilliant race he was right there uh, within Max Verstappen's pit window and he made, he forced Max Verstappen to pit early with a after Max got his five-second penalty, and uh, that was good. It is a shame that the second safety car hurt his uh, chances of a race victory, but nevertheless, he had a great fight uh, with Checo. The last lap move on Checo, and then, yeah, it was a brilliant race. Hopefully, Ferrari comes up with some good package for next year and give us the same amount of fights uh, for all of next year. I'm sure they will. Uh, Sergio Perez, uh, pretty, pretty decent uh, job this weekend. Sealed P2 in the champions, the drivers' championship. Pitted on lap one. I think he had a little bit of damage there. Uh, did 25 uh, laps on hards and then another 24 laps on hard. Guess he pitted on. Did he, he pitted a little bit on the on the safety car there? Uh, and uh, yeah, great race. Got nicked for P. Two or P one. I, I I at some point I thought he was gonna win the race, but uh, lost two positions in the end. I know his setup was slightly different than Max. He he ran a, a higher uh, downforce rear wing, so that kind of hindered him on the straight. But uh, all in all, yeah, good good stuff. Um, and uh, congratulations to him for 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 sealing the deal and doing what he was uh, and achieving the mission for the year, right? P two in the constructor. So. Good job yep. for Checo, um, and hopefully uh, next year is more uh, less less prone with errors. I would hope uh, for Paris. So, but all in all, fantastic job. 
true. Yeah, this is actually uh, the first one to drivers finishing for Red Bull team throughout their F1 history. That's a small fact. I think it's it's known by everybody. Mm -hmm. And Checo has been having some good races the past few weekends, so that's good to see that he's bringing it. And then hopefully he gets to carry this momentum into next year and uh, keep pushing out because from the past, what we see is he starts off decently good in the season and then has an entire and has bad season. And then the last few races, he tries to redeem himself. For 2021, that's what happened in Abu Dhabi. That's where Abu Dhabi and the race before, that's where he redeemed himself. And then 2022, same thing. He partially redeemed himself last year with some good performances. And that's what is happening this year too. The last few races, he's again redeeming himself. Saying that, yeah, he's had good performances. So it's it's uh, it'll be surprising to see what happens to that seat next year. Uh, in terms of how Daniel Ricciardo and Yuki Tsunoda might be in play and Jacob Perez and, and uh, Liam Larson. So between these four, let's see who goes into the second seat. I, I believe Jacob will keep it for going into next season. So that's that's it. And he's had a good race. And it's true that has, he had a higher downforce setup compared to Max. And that's why we could see him... Uh, not, that's why we could see his down DRS not being super effective and also him losing speed on the straights. Yes, sir. And uh, next guy up, P4. Um, Esteban Ocar. One stopper mm -hmm. as well. Did 20 laps on mediums and switched on to hards for the last 30 laps. Was able to maintain these tires and pull them all the way to the end, unlike his teammate. Um, did a fantastic job. I think he started. Uh, a little bit back in P17, uh, I think he pitted on, on both safety cars. No, he had 30 laps on hard, so I, I guess he didn't pit on the second safety car, but he pitted on the very first one, if I'm right, uh, and uh, was able to to take uh, to take the race, uh, to, to manage those tires really well. He had some wonderful overtakes uh, and just just delivered solid points for for Alpine, so yeah, pretty pretty pumped from his performance um, in terms of managing tires this weekend. Great job. Yep, that is a great race uh, from him. His strategy could have been what Verstappen could have gone through for the race, if not for the second safety car, and if not for him betting for the second safety car. Similar times, that's when they bet. Uh, so. Yeah, Alcon. He's, I mean, all, throughout the weekend he's been struggling in FP2. He had a bad qualifying, and then it was it was good to see that he had a great race, uh, amazing start, stayed out of trouble because that's where the mishaps and all this stuff happened from P10 to P12, 13 onwards. So stayed out of trouble, had a clean race, great, good strategy execution by the team and by the driver too. At the end, he had some good moves. Uh, making in on the drivers and secured a solid P4. A solid and safe P4, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Next guy up, Lance Stroll. Uh, started from the back, really. Stroll was a little bit on the back foot. He started in P14, started on soft, was able to make up a few uh, places at the at the start. Did seven Ooh. laps on softs, switched to hards on lap 24. And then uh, did another 24 laps and at the end uh, during that safety car uh, on hards. And, um, yeah, finished P5. 
that's some significant points. Like he's he, he's had two great weekends in a row, uh, uh, and performed really well. Beat Alonso this weekend, so great job from uh, Stroll. And uh, it takes that challenge with McLaren. I think they have there's eight point or eleven points between the two now, as they go Evan, into Abu Dhabi. Oh, next yeah, week. I'll cover that at the end. There are quite a lot of things to watch out for for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Not just in terms of racing, but in terms of uh, where everybody finished, too. So that'll be fun. Mm. Yep, Stroll, good performance, good race. Uh, glad that he found his confidence. And uh, also glad that the minute Aston Martin reverted to their old spec. That was where they had uh, at the beginning of the season. Lance Stroll was able to perform. He was hindered by his hand injury earlier the season, so he wasn't able to extract the maximum. But good to see that he's uh, delivering some solid results for the team uh, when they reverted back to that spec. Yes, yes, he did well. I think uh, that 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 bodes well for 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 the last uh, race of the season. Carlos Sainz uh, started a little bit on the back foot after his ten place penalty. Um, I think he could have played a massive role. Uh, maybe if he started P two, could have been. Could have been a factor in defending against the Red Bull or even fighting for the win this weekend. But uh, he did yeah. have a fantastic recovery, brought it to uh, P- P6, beat both Mercedes, which is beneficial for Ferrari in terms of uh, the the championship fight for P2. Uh, he did three laps on mediums, switched to hard, 23 and 24. Uh, it was a bit, basically, this whole race was tire management and safety car came in. And, and helped a lot of people, and I think science benefited from that as well, and uh, had a had, had pulled great results at the end uh, from from what could have been a terrible a terrible weekend. I think for science, congratulations on that good work. Yep, he got unlucky or at the beginning of the weekend, but uh, he was he was he was uh, dissatisfied with what the outcome was after that crash after the incident he'd had in FP one. Mm-hmm. But he he put that aside, managed to make the best out of it. Uh, Q2, P2 in quali, great. Uh, it's a shame that he had a 10 place grid penalty. Uh, made up, maximized his uh, strategy. At one point, he was stuck behind the DRS train. Uh, he was able to keep his tires alive at the, till the end of the race, and then he was able to make some moves and finish P5 ultimately. But if Carlos Sainz was to start P2, I pretty, I'm pretty sure that one of the Ferrari cars would have won the race. Uh, and Verstappen would have had to fight even harder and probably finish P2. Because, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my take on Carlos Sainz. Great race. Uh, he's had a great season this year. Uh, so hopefully he gets that next... He keeps it up for next year and Ferrari gets a winning car. And we get to see some uh, exciting fighting between all the drivers yeah i guess everybody would be exciting to see ferrari win a championship again so cross our fingers we'll hear a lot from them over the winter break how as usual right uh winter break specials from ferraris a, a couple weeks in oh what we're seeing in the wind tunnels are amazing oh my god this car is going to be off the chain uh, and uh hopefully hopefully it does it is the case this year and uh they are they're able to be uh, title contenders next year. So crossing my fingers for Ferrari in 2024. Lewis Hamilton, 
Um, had a very busy weekend, uh, on and off track. Uh, it was more like a fashion show for him this weekend, um, but was able to put his head down. Quali wasn't really there, just couldn't get the fires. The tires fired up in Q2 to, to get a good lap, similar to Paris. Um, just wasn't put on track at the right time. In terms of judging, you can't sit, sit in the pit lane anymore and, and time your exit. So it was about managing your tire, doing multiple laps, having a lot of fuel. I think he got held up by Stroll at some point uh, on one of his laps uh, as he was preparing to go off. So kind of was hindered a little bit, but uh, made the best he could. Got got tangled, got, got tapped in the back in turn one by signs a couple times there. Uh, was 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 in the melee, lost four spots off the grid. Um, tried to did a pretty solid uh, recovery race, uh, and uh, eventually had a little ding dong on the on the tires with uh, with Piastri, which on lap twenty four laps before the end or twenty five laps before the end, had to do a full lap past the pit lane, had to do a full lap, dropped dropped completely, uh, and. Uh, was able to pit for the last four hards uh, and did 24 of the laps at the end there. Salvage to what was P8, but given Russell's penalty, uh, inherited P7 in the end. But I think, uh, yeah, there was more pace in that Mercedes. They were the fastest in terms of in the, on the mediums. Too bad we couldn't see them. Uh, we couldn't see more, more from them. Um, and that incident just ruined the, uh, Hamilton's race, but overall good pace. Um, just, just meh at the end, right? Not really. Then yeah. it wasn't great outcome, really. No, both Mercedes had a decent pace. Uh, yeah, the, their uh, race got kind of got ruined by external factors. Uh, his collusion, Lewis Hamilton's collusion with uh, Oscar Piastri, giving him a tire puncture, and then uh, George Russell's five-second time penalty. Uh, because when you did see before the time penalty, Ross, George Russell was quite racy with fresh tires and everybody's tires was done. So he, he crossed the finish line at P4 or P5, I believe, but his time penalty put him back to P8, adjusted results. Mercedes had decent pace. Uh, it's a shame that both of them had some on-track incidents and uh, that hurt their uh, overall result. It, it is it's a good takeaway, though, because they had some decent uh, package Everybody thought they would they would probably be at the back, given how draggy they were and how less efficient Enough. their car is during these straights. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was a good, uh, decent outcome. Yeah, nothing punchy. So, yeah, it it was it is uh, I would say it is below average for Mercedes standards. Yeah, uh, similar similar for Russell. Really, uh, started P three. Could it could it? It could have been a better day. Uh, I think he was re he his race was really undone with that five second penalty and uh, and the collision that really that I think he got some damage off of that as well. Um, and you know, so too bad for Russell. Uh, we touched on it when we t we spoke about Hamilton. So don't want to waste too much time there. But uh, yeah, uh, he beat Lewis and Quali on on. Um, I believe sat on on Friday, Saturday. My days are all messed up, but uh, yeah, ten, eleven now in quali between the two of them. Uh, one more, one more race. They could end the season eleven, eleven on uh, on quali head to head. So 
closest team uh, in terms of battle for for quality there. So they're they're pretty even on a one lapper. Hamilton usually tends to have a a better race, but this week wasn't wasn't there for either of them. Any other comments you wanna touch on Russell? Um, he Toto told at some point that he had P four. What was your take on that when you heard that? Yeah, that that was uh, partially true because uh, as you could see at the very end of the race, the last ten laps, Russell was actually kind of quite fast on track, uh, probably two tenths off of course lap and st- lap times, and he was making good moves. Uh, I think after he pit, he came out probably P eight or something, and then he started making those moves around to DRS and on the straights, and. Uh, eventually crossed the line in P5, so uh, maybe a few more laps, and then he could have gotten P4 on the line, but his five-second penalty would have made him drop down as well. So he was closing the gap quite a lot, and uh, the gap between each drivers was good two to three seconds, and then he was shaving it off uh, every lap. Mm-hmm. I think at one point he was probably two seconds faster than uh, Peter Gasly, so that's why uh, for poor lab, and that's how he made the the move on Pierre Gasly. He was uh, he was dangerous out there this weekend. So too bad we couldn't he couldn't get a podium or anything out of it. And overall, it was just one of those weekends where Mercedes where it looked promising, but at the end it did not deliver. Uh, last two in the top ten, Fernando Alonso uh, kind of slid into turn one, took a bunch of people out. Uh, didn't have grip like you mentioned. Um, didn't have much pace after that, really. Um, but was able to secure two points. So, you know, the fines for uh, Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah uh, his spin at the beginning of the race kind of hurt him, or it, it kind of uh, unraveled his race. Uh, yeah. They had to go back to the drawing board, figure out the strategy and see how they could salvage it because he had damage too because I think he had a head-on collision after he spun with Valtteri Bottas, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, I think, yeah, he just uh, was, Valtteri Bottas stopped, became stationary because they were like facing each other, kind of dueling. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun album to watch. That was cute. That was really cute. But yeah, he had to pit a a lap one. Luckily, they got a safety car that kind of helped them catch up with the pack and work their way a little bit better that way. Otherwise, it would have been they would have been dragged. There would have been blue flags all over the place for those two uh, had it not been for the safety car. But uh, overall, yeah, uh, wasn't wasn't his day. Oscar Piastri, wonderful race for the most part. I think some of his overtakes were the best of the weekend. Um, he, he was very ballsy. I think the fact that the track temperature was low helped him just push, right? He's a guy he likes pushing. Managing tires is not his thing. Uh, and he got an opportunity yeah. here this time where it wasn't about managing tires. It was push the tires. Managing tires this time meant pushing your tires. Uh, suited yes. exactly his style uh, as he's still trying to figure out how to drive slow. Kid doesn't know how to stretch, though. He's all about sending it. Yeah. Um, so uh, he sent it pretty well a few times there. Uh, man, man, it was exciting to watch. So, yeah, uh, did well. Did well. P10 in the end, but he had this accrochage with uh, with uh, Hamilton at some point, which took both of them out and just made their race. 
uh, difficult at, at, at that point. It was over. It was just salvage, salvaging whatever they could. So the P10 got points. Stay, stay yeah, in. that's true. Uh, given how McLaren were at the beginning of the week, P2 and P2, they were struggling. Great that uh, they were able to fix their issues in uh, FP3 and come back because he, Oscar did finish uh, P3 in FP3. Uh, great that they fin fixed their issues and uh, uh, their car set up. It's a shame that they got knocked out in Q1 given uh, their FP3 data and their quality yeah. data that was destined to be fourth fastest this week. I'll come to that in a minute. And it's a shame that, that they got knocked out in Q1, both the McLaren cars, uh, because I think they were uh, probably a little too confident were, were a little too confident on the softs assuming that they could go through with the same set of softs all through for Q1 and given that they could probably get rid of the graining uh, better than other teams did but at the end other teams did it the second time and uh, uh, did faster lap times while the two McLaren drivers were not improving on the same set of softs yeah. so that kind of uh, did not did play I mean did not work uh to what they had, and then that's how they got knocked out. Great race by Oscar Piastri. He was quite racy, and he had he was actually the fourth fastest uh, race pace overall in terms of race pace on track. On all the fifty laps, at the end he managed to bag uh, the fastest lap of the race, which was uh, I mean, which wasn't a surprise because he was the last man to pit. Uh, McLaren's strategy was a gam pure gamble, which I did not. Uh, appreciate much or I did not kind of like because he was running P3 at one point in time and then they did not change his uh, comp tire compounds, different rule you have to use at least two tire compounds during the race so he started off on hards pit two hards again and then uh, McLaren were banking on a third safety car for him to come in to probably switch on to another pair of mediums to a, a set of mediums but that never came in we only had two safety cars so i think he put in a lap 44 or something and then that's how he dropped down to p12 and in the end he managed to squeeze himself into the points and the fastest lap so two points uh two very valuable points for mclaren in terms of constructors so yep great racer by oscar piastri yep the point that you did bring up saying that he was having issues or he had issues with uh, managing his tires and the weekend where you didn't need to manage tires and go full push, he was quite racy. And the other weekend where you had to go full push was Qatar, where he won the sprint race. So, yeah, Oscar Piastri is uh, is a well, it's a really great, good tire for his rookie season. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves that he's a rookie and this is his first year in F1. Correct. Uh, that that rounds up the, the the top ten. Um, anybody in the second half, anybody or any team, uh, if you had to pick one, uh, that you want to quickly touch on their performance before Williams. we close out. Williams, go yep, for Williams. Uh, I am. Uh, yeah, Williams had a very bad weekend. Uh, they started on the third row, P five, P six, both Albon and Sargent. Uh, at the beginning of the race, they had decent pace. But I think uh, they just lost it all out. I think where they lost their race was when, I think probably 10, 20 laps into the race, we saw the blue train where all the blue cars were just having a train. We had uh, Will Albon lead in, 
the pack and then we had uh, the AF, no, I think we had the Alpines and then we had Logan Sargent and then we had another Alpine. So the blue con train, what happened was that he was kind of holding up those cars and six cars fell into his uh, pit window. And the, when he pit in, he had to come in at the very end of those pack. And that's how he lost a ton of time and position track positions. And then he got stuck in DRS and wasn't able to make any uh, sort of progress. I think he also did get uh, ended by the second safety car where it kind of ruined his race because I think he did pit right before that. And the second and safety car so and was just, yeah. yeah. And then that kind of ruined it. Logan Sargent, great qualifying. Uh, race too, decent Dapper. performance with race because he's been close to uh, Alex Albon in the past two weekends. So that's good. A conference boost. I don't think Williams has announced him yet for uh, next season. I think they might do it at the very last race. Uh, but let's see what happens and who stays in that second Williams seat. But Williams, yeah. slightly disappointing. They came in with high hopes too in terms of finishing double points, but eventually finished out of the points. Sounds good. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was the the last week Grand Prix for us there uh, in terms of talking about the high points uh, of the weekend. What's your GP rating here? Out of ten, I would give it a. Let's say I would I would say seven three quarters. What the hell is the three quarters for? Oh, do uh, I need change? I don't need change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Seven and a half. 7.5 out of 10. That's where I would rate. change. <laughs> 7 7.5. 7.5 for you. Okay. All right. Shop. What do you give this weekend? I gave it a 7. Um, And why 7.5, really? Just, just, just explain that to me. Well, you know, two things. One main thing is the time. I hope that it's it's a little earlier. Just so that... Not going to change. Everybody uh, could watch the race unequal equal plates kind of thing we had it, it's say it's 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 actually quite late for the people where the track is where the race is happening in pst and it's also even it's even more late for the people on the eastern coast and i think the race is only for australian and new zealand fans and let everybody them in europe man. let them have something we like they have to wake up Every single race for the rest of the season, like at ungodly hours, let them have a pretty decent weekend. I'm all for the time. I think we all love this sport. We travel around the world. Sometimes it's going to fall in on a favorable time zone for us to watch. Sometimes it won't. But uh, for the love of the sport, we'll still tune in and we'll love it. We'll love every second of it. We'll watch every second of it until we fall asleep and, and uh, can't follow anymore. But uh, yeah. Um, that's my take. That's my punch back on that. Uh, what else? Um, that was it. The timing or anything else? Uh, I timing, and then also this is first year. Yes, it it, it did produce a great racing. Uh, long straights, DRS, few cars starting out of their uh, usual orders is what kind of produced great racing. I would say. I want to see uh, how next year goes. And then uh, figure out, and then probably give it a higher rating. So I would say my yeah, this is why seven and a half. I did give them a uh, good overtaking zones and good overtaking moves by other teams, but that's solely because most of the cars started out of position. Uh, so yeah, that's why that's my take. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think 
I'll give it mostly, um, I'm just judging the on-track action here. Uh, give it a 7 myself. I think it goes 7.5. Um, I think a better work could have been done in terms of communication after, after FP1. Um, not a single, I'm, we're sorry, or apologetic tone from from the organizers uh, in terms of people on track. But other, otherwise, uh, fantastic weekend uh, for first try. It couldn't have been. It it could have been better, but it's good enough, uh, and it gives us room to improve. Uh, and uh, yeah, the naysayers that weren't happy. I'm glad at the end they, they got to see a fantastic race, and everybody walked away surprised and excited and and jolly uh, from the on on track action. So fantastic job. Seven is good for now. Room for improvement next year. That's it. Yep. Uh, two things for our listeners before we close off. Uh, the first one would be what to watch out for Abu Dhabi. Yes, the racing, but in terms of uh, the constructors' championship, Mercedes and Ferrari are fighting for P2. So whoever scores more number of points over the Abu Dhabi weekend finishes P2 and the other team P3. And an exciting battle for constructors P4 between McLaren and Aston Martin. Uh, we thought McLaren kind of had it sorted out, but given how Aston Martin starts, uh, came back, reverted back to their old specs, uh, mm-hmm. stayed back in the fight, and they're slowly clawing their way back in for P4 and constructors. So that's another thing to watch in McLaren and Aston Martin, which our team scores uh, maximum points during the Abu Dhabi weekend, uh, will finish P4. Uh, I so badly want McLaren to finish. Uh, before so that's uh that's my i'm biased because yeah but that's what i want that's for uh the constructors i mean i think for p8 p9 p10 those are more or less locked in uh alpha tari if they could probably score more points they could overtake uh, williams but i think williams uh, is not too much focused on where they finish uh, as james Watt said earlier uh array in the previous race, I believe, they're saying that they don't want to give them pressure on where they're finishing the constructors and would like to focus on their performance track by track. And uh, the, the, res- the constructor position will automatically come in. That's what that's that's more or less a, a summary of what James Wall's interview was. And in coming to the driver's point, P1, P2, sorted, P3, sorted, P4 is between four drivers. Uh, we have Fernando Alonso, we have Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, and Lando Norris. So these four drivers are going to battle for P4 standings in the Drivers' Championship. Whoever scores maximum points uh, would eventually end up finishing P4 in the Drivers' Championship. So uh, again, I want Lando to be P4, so just so you know. And uh, these are a few things to watch out for Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. That's what makes it exciting. It's 8 a.m. Eastern time, so you could watch it on your bed or you could you could watch it while you grab a coffee. Uh, that's the Actually, first thing. The second what's thing. GMT time? I don't know. I have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> that, we, sure, I'm sure we have listeners in Great Britain. Yeah, that would be good to, if we did have uh, listeners in Great Britain. And the well, second bit is... I, I reckon think... it'll be 3 it'll p.m., be right? Or, or something? Yeah. Yeah. I usually prefer my races in the morning because mm-hmm. on Sunday morning because I get up, uh, get okay. ready, watch them, 
and done and then I can get on with the rest of my day. I am sure. uh, not a big fan of uh, the Canadian Grand Prix times, the US GP times. Yeah. Because Vegas, it's like it's the in the Vegas middle of the day, time. so my entire day is... Vegas is pretty fine too because it was a Saturday night, so I still have my uh, Sunday to go. To, yeah, to do stuff. Cool. Alrighty, anything else to look out for in uh, Abu Dhabi? No, that's about it for Abu Dhabi. And uh, for uh, I think this is our first full season of the podcast. And we would like all the listeners to reach out to uh, the team, give them the feedback and mm-hmm. how we can improve and how we could do better and how we as uh, podcast hosts could give the listeners better information and what topics do you like to do you want us to focus on or something that you want us to discuss about for a specific mm-hmm. episode uh, send in those topics to the email address listed and then uh, we'll look into it and then we will start uh, making those changes and come fresh uh, for next season yeah upgrade the car <laughs> all right yeah great yeah our winter testing time all right all right thanks ja uh Enjoy the week. Enjoy this GP coming up this uh on Sunday. Uh, not sure I'm gonna make it to Fela though, but we'll we'll, we'll discuss that off air. Uh, and uh, I'll we'll talk after the GP, and uh, it'll be great. Yep. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye.